Right, ladies and gentlemen, I am really, really excited to be here today with Hannah, Jen, and Hannah, who together make up the Safe Safe Air Safe <laughs> Space podcast. How are you doing, girls? Yeah, good. Yeah, we're good. I'm good, thanks. Awesome. Well, so I said to you before we went live that episode one of your podcast kind of serves the story. It sums up what happened and what's the background here so I'm gonna point everyone who's listening now to episode one of that if you need to hear the background story to this in like all its detail um so we're just gonna skip over that so that we can talk about what I've actually brought the girls on for which is the sort of broader way in which this subject is tackled both online and in the courts um but like you you girls got to know each other after um Hannah was Hannah M was assaulted in broad daylight um and then from that you sort of pieced the piece together what was going on and got justice is it do you want to sum that up as quickly as you can yeah basically um Hannah M got in contact with me um shortly after it happened and it all kind of came together literally through other parties and it formed the group chat. Um, we didn't know each other before it. We had no capacity of knowing each other. The only girl that I knew was another ex-girlfriend he had that, and she's kept anonymous this whole time. Um, so I placed us in that group chat initially. And then as more people came forward, Hannah made a separate chat, which was called Safe Space. And then we all reported at our own times. And then that's how it, all came together yeah and so to make it clear you three have decided to sort of come out publicly as advocates for other people who are in the same situation um but there are two other victims that you know of um which just proves that uh this case it was extensive it was serial um he needed to be locked away urgently yeah yeah um now what I find interesting about that, so he he got 9.5 years, which I would say is very, very short for five victims of um, of a really serious crime. Have you got thoughts on that? It's shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's, we at the time thought like it was a good sentence and we're just glad he got time. But see, the more like as we kind of went online with it more, the reception that we got from people that actually it's a pretty shitty sentence because one one say if you get charged on one count of rape you're usually away for four years or it should be four years so he's essentially just serving for two counts which is just a fucking shit and he got it because he's under 25 because that's under 25 guidelines in Scotland is that the goal is to serve less jail time and hope for rehabilitation which we just don't understand in a serial rapist we understand it for other cases like petty theft or whatever like you're young you're stupid but for a serial rapist that's been raping women since he was 15 years old like it's just it's a heap of shit so is is that your perspective that this is not the kind of thing that can be rehabilitated in the same way as other stuff i mean my you know my perspective is it's a it's an unimaginable and kind of incomparable crime because other crimes i can i can understand you being in such a shit situation that you steal something or you hit someone or you, there's so many movies about people killing people for just reasons 
no mm -hmm. movies about people doing this for just reasons. So I think it's hard because we agree with it, like you say, for petty crimes and things like that. But I think especially because he admits no fault, even at his sentencing, he sat there and said that none of it was his fault and we're all conspiring against him and we're all liars and everything else. So I think without him taking accountability for what he's done, like they can't be rehabilitated. And I think that spans across for rape cases in general. If you can stand there and take accountability and you have an actual wish to change, then maybe, but not if you're blatantly ignoring that you're the problem. Mm, and this is the kind of stuff that the, the, yeah, the sentencing is supposed to be based on. So this is a rule for anyone under 25, no matter what the crime. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and yeah, so it seems like you guys have discovered an awful lot like this that you're uh, fighting to change. And I think the most important bit that we got to dwell on first is um, that the victims of this crime are not treated the same as victims of other crimes. Um, can you guys go into that? Yeah, Anna, do you want to read the book? Yes, I would just say it's not, we're not treated the same. Like um, we've said before, like they make it so personal. Um, and I think like you're kind of made to feel like you've done something wrong. Um, yeah, I just think, they're not treated the same at all and yeah I don't really know what to say to be honest. Um, I think it's more like how you're treated on the stand like you've got to stand there and defend every single thing you're saying as if you're the one that's on trial and like we've always said that they're innocent until proven guilty but with that narrative it makes us out to be liars until we're proven truthful when we go on and on about a fair trial and a level playing field and all the rest of it, but that's not level if one person's getting the upper hand of being the truth teller. And that, and that's placing the victims in a re-traumatising position. Yeah. Yeah, because um, that's... The conviction rates for this are very, very low as well. So what's a key component of this is because there were five of you that... And and I, I don't know if I'm able to ask this. Did it feel like it was touch and go at the trial, or did it feel like you were going to secure the sentencing? No, um, I know that. So there's this thing that they do, and it's 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 called a it's a small break basically where they discuss legal terms. So say if you say something wrong in your statement, then straight to a break to discuss legal terms and then you think you've fucked the entire case because they don't tell you that something like that could happen so say if uh, for example say I said it happened on Sunday the 10th or whatever but actually it was like Saturday the 10th and then cuts like a legal break and then you're like oh fuck the case and you just you don't ever think you're going to secure that conviction because there's so many of those little like hurdles that you have to jump and nobody's there to reassure you after it as well like to just even say you know what you did a good job like you just don't ever think that you've done well enough and then you think you've ruined it for the others as well so I'm like they're not going to get that conviction now because of me because I fucked up this is what I'm noticing that there seem to be an awful lot of resources for um the person accused of doing the crime um in terms of even counseling within prison i think i saw ellie posting about this this is ellie wilson that i would recommend everybody go and follow on twitter um because she's doing the same work as as these girls and she's just 
fire to watch, to be honest. Um, but yeah, she she pointed out that her rapist is entitled to counselling um, that the taxpayer is paying for, but she isn't after going through all of this stuff. And and it seems as if that also is true of all legal counsel. So you guys had to go up against these lawyers who are trying to trick you out with no one on your side to prepare you in advance, whereas the person who's done the crime is being prepared at every stage. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. and that's something we struggled with. Um, sorry, Jane. Um, of like, we didn't even meet the person who was representing us until a week before, the, well, literally days before the trial was going to begin. Like, our person changed, but we hadn't even met the initial person either. We were told a week before, oh, this is, I'm now representing you, but it actually wasn't even going to be me. It's just literally changed to be me. Whereas as far as we know, he, like Logan, was getting to, he'd built up like a relationships, maybe the wrong word, but like he'd got to know who was representing him, probably got to ask questions, get them answered, get reassured. We had nothing. Like we said before, like we just felt we were left in the dark and like there was nothing for a long time. Then a little bit of communication would come, but nothing like really prepared you for what you were about to experience. Yeah, I don't think the word relationship was wrong there because he was given the opportunity to form a relationship with somebody that was defending him and yeah. you guys weren't and you're being put in the same situation even though you're victims. And I think that is something that they're looking to push for in the new Victims Witness and Justice Reform Bill is the idea of you getting your own legal counsel. So that'll be interesting to see um, that starts to be put into play, I think, beginning of next year. Um, but with regards to the counselling and stuff, it's not that we can't access it, it's the fact that we've got to go and seek it ourselves. So he's automatically given that the second that he walks in those prison doors, he'll be given an assessment for his mental state. Um, we don't get that. If we want something, we need to go and pursue something like Rape Crisis Scotland. And I know that they are amazing. But the wait lists are so long because it is government funded. It's a charity. So they've only got so many people they are working. So then the wait lists are long. You might not even get someone by the time you reach trial. And then you're away seeking it out yourself because NHS wait times for counselling are just as bad. So then you're potentially paying privately for counselling and he's getting everything just handed to him. And I think that was a really frustrating point for a lot of us as well. Yeah, so they've got different levels of obligation, really. So they, they're obliged to sort of offer you some route to go and look for this stuff yourself. In all cases as well, the counselling, the legal advice. Um, whereas it seems like with prisoners, I I don't know why this is. I don't know if this is some kind of human rights legislation. But as you say, the second they walk in or they're convicted or any of this kind of stuff, they have to give them this this stuff. They have to supply it straight away. This is quite shocking to learn all of this. Any any other biggies, any other things that you really, really want to change about the system? I just think maybe the fact that the ball is consistently in his court. He gets to read our statements, um, knows what he will be asked roughly by his side on the day. Um, he gets to choose whether or not he even takes the stand. You know, he could have just been like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> that would have been the end, been the end of it. Um, I think in regards to the personal impact, victim impact statements, he gets to read those. Like there's supposed to be a time for us to reflect and give our side of the story. 
um, because when you're on the stand it is very factual and he gets to read them he gets to know every single thing that we're doing and we're saying but we are absolutely blind to what he's getting to do and say um, even when Hannah was talking about the legal breaks, he gets to sit in those because it's a legal issue concerning his case, whereas we don't. As well as that, we don't get to, so when he takes a stand, we don't get to attend that and listen to what he's got to say. We ask, we really wanted to hear, but it doesn't look good to a jury. That's what we were consistently told when we wanted to attend what he had to say when he took the stand, it didn't look good. So then we didn't because we didn't want to jeopardise the case. We then wanted to go to the verdict where the jury had already made up their minds whether he was guilty. We wanted to attend that and again we were told by the Crown, absolutely not. Um, it doesn't look good to the jury but they've already made up their minds so why does it even matter? And then we, were, we weren't told not to go to sentencing but it wasn't exactly encouraged either. Um, so again, it's just like he's consistently protected from the crimes that he's actually done. And for us, we would have loved to have seen him at the verdict getting handcuffed and taken away because that's just like a full circle moment for us. But no, he's protected because poor him, get the tiny violin out for him, what a shame on him. One detail that I noticed in all of this was the word graduate being used in news reports. And you don't I... even graduate. No? You don't even graduate. Hmm. Yeah. Let's let's just put that on the board. I found it horrible because Jen, you didn't get to finish your education because this happened. Um and so I, yeah. I dropped out of school at 15. Yeah. Um yeah. so so that is the reason why when I saw him referred to as a graduate in the headlines or in the um in the articles i thought that was really i thought that was a real punch in the gut i think that's really nasty and that kind of stuff needs to change and that, and that, that's where there's a much broader thing about language um and i'll confess to you girls i until not very long ago i pretty much thought i was on the anti-feminist side of things and then within, I think, the past three years, that word has just become utterly meaningless to me. I'm like, what are we even talking about here? Are we just talking about women? Because that that word, like, you guys will be attacked by the people that attack the feminists. And that's exactly what happened when, when you guys, when he was sentenced and you guys put your photo out on Twitter, that I must have discovered you pretty much straight away. And I knew exactly what was going to happen. And that's why I followed you guys. And I just thought there's going to be a torrent of abuse unleashed on these girls. And is that kind of what happened? I just want to recap on the media thing, sorry, about yeah. their titles and headlines. Um, there was also an article where they put him above us. Like there was pictures of us and then like a little picture of him. Um, so that one was very great. We did report that one. That one did come down. But just in general media titles, I retweeted one the other day that was um, an article published to women to say, don't get raped this Christmas. Here's how you can protect yourself. And I just, that really boggled me. I don't really see why we're putting that out there and not putting men. How about you? Don't be rapists this Christmas. Mm. That was just another thing on the language that media use. I just, yeah. No, it's right. Because when, um, when the Me Too movement first um when that wave first happened which i think was 2017 um 
I don't think I had a great reaction to it because I'd worked as a DJ in a little DJ booth and I'd been felt up while I was working. So I did a little post going, yeah, I hate this happening. And I kind of got loads of women saying, uh, not the time, buddy. And I've, I've got mixed feelings about that. But ultimately, it's like, yeah, you know what? Women have it so much worse in this regard. There are definitely male victims, but just statistically, every every woman has to worry about this. And men like me don't really have to worry about this going about our daily lives. It's not all men, but it is every single woman. Women will have a story or know someone with a story. And that's like the main point. We're not blaming all men. Hmm. Most people that defend us on X, whatever you call it now, are men. Like, I mean, I get hurled abuse every single day for simply fucking breathing. But everybody that defends it are men. Like, not everybody. There's women that defend it too, but like a large majority are men. So it's like, not all men are terrible, but statistically, women do tend to get more sexual abuse than men do but that's not to discredit male victims either because it does happen yeah exactly it happens but um but as you say every woman has stories of these and every woman knows that has a close friend at least who's been through something like this um and so you know when that wave first happened I think I had a bad reaction to it because I was like well I'm a good man what are you doing talking about all men like that and like I didn't yeah didn't react very well to it and then I've learned a few things. And my my current position is, why would you react negatively to something like this? Because that looks really suspicious. Like, I celebrate when I see a guy like this go down. I think that's great, right? That's, that's just great for society. Society is safer the entire time he's in there. Not celebrating it that's that's suspicious that's a bit of a tell that's that's my perspective anyway I think that's what I always say like when somebody literally a tweet I put out the other day I think it was like quote my rapist was a great first prison in Christmas and then there were people that were angry about it and I'm like why are you angry about it like what have you got to be angry about that he's in jail how does it affect you that he's in jail like Mm. why are you throwing abuse uh, someone high, someone that you don't want to share, or something that you're maybe a bit like, oh, on the fence about. I don't know. I don't know why it's not celebrated. It's a victory for everybody because you might have moved on to males at one point. So it's, it's a victory for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And um, I mean, Hannah, you re- you really embrace the so that you take the trolls on and you're retweeting <laughs> these guys every day, and um, and I really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> But what, what I mean, what what's so interesting is that like five victims in this case, I think that that is as clear cut as you're ever going to get, really. Um, yeah, and and yet the knee jerk reaction, and I don't know how many men are doing this. I don't know what percentage of men are doing this, um, but the knee jerk reaction that we don't believe any women. I'm like, this is about as certain as you can get. This has been through our entire legal system. And, 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 you know, it's been in front of a jury. It's done. And just uh, like... I, I There's think still I, people that don't believe us, though. Like, there are still people that say we're lying. There's still people, we still face that. Like, 
what else can we possibly do to be believed? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know what more they want. I don't know why they struggle so much to comprehend the fact that this did happen, this is real. And I don't know why so many people have such an issue with other Hannah tweeting and celebrating that. Like, why should she not? Like, who... Like, why do you feel you can comment on that? Of, like, I don't, I, it just, it does fry my brain because why do they think that they get to comment on how a survivor deals with and processes their trauma? And she's now on the other side of it now. And yeah, she should be celebrating. Why is she not allowed to do that? Why is that such an issue for these people on X or whatever? Like, why do they go out their way to? give abuse and be negative towards survivors taking power back and using like turning their pain into power I suppose like why does that make them so uncomfortable and I think it's funny because see if this was like real life like they weren't reading it on social media and it was someone in their local area they'd be buzzing because they knew they would know that their daughter their friend their sister their mum could walk down the street one person safer they'd be thrilled but because it's online it's like another, it's like another Isn't it such a shitty thought? They, they'll only care, like, when it's, like, yeah. a family member. Like, they'll only give a shit when it's somebody that they care about, not the fact that, like, this actually happens to women every single day. It's, like, they'll only give a shit when it involves them. If not, they'll just have to go and throw people. Like, it, it, yeah, like Hannah said, Whereas if they got involved, if they educated themselves, like, uh, I like how you've been so honest that, like you've been reflective in the past you didn't really necessarily agree with the me too movement and you might have been an anti-feminist but you've shown growth from that like you've been able to reflect you've not just stayed stuck in that mindset and stuck in those ways whereas like Hannah saying there like why do they only care when it's someone within their close family or their friendships and things the whole point is if you get on board with it and educate yourself you can be part of the solution to prevent it coming closer to home for you like get involved now do learn what you can do just now in your everyday life to help keep women safe and then hopefully that will prevent it becoming a you problem like it's not going to get close to you with your family members or your friends if you're doing what you can to try and help prevent the problem also the biggest threat to men are other men that is true that is true I like the quote, um, men are scared of women laughing at them, but women are scared of men raping and killing men. It's, it's statistically <laughs> true. And the thing is, with this anti-feminist stuff, it, it did eventually just kind of plonk people into two camps of men and women. Um, and... And, and And the statistics just don't bear out that reality. Like, as a man my life is safer it just is like yeah you can you can make these arguments about men doing more dangerous jobs but we don't live in in like realistic fear of the other sex we don't we, we don't like that and and i think what happened is that um the people who are opposing feminism which is such a stupid idea when we're talking about stuff like this anyway, because it's not feminism. We're not talking about whether we're going to have, like, um, I don't know, more girls in Marvel movies or whatever. That's not what we're doing here. But it, it means that there's this strange political ecosystem 
where the men have to prove that they've got it worse than the women or as bad as the women because of this and the rise of feminism. And when I look at the statistics for these kind of crimes and and things like this and just male violence in general, like all the violence on planet Earth is men, all of it. There's is a bit that's women, but by and large, all the killing and, and rape and murder and all that, it's all men. So I think it's so dangerous that men have gotten locked in this thing of like, well, I've got to react against this by proving that women have it easy because X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm just trying to be a thing against that because I see so much, just so much nastiness on X. And I think the one thing I can do is say, hey, this is a problem. Me as a man, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not sure I have any solutions, but I'm not going to pretend it's not happening. And I'm going to very loudly say, I don't want to be associated with any of this. And um, and yeah, that's that's what's drawn that's me. That, like, I, I think the word feminism has been so radicalized. And what it literally boils down to is equality. And, you know, like, I don't think women are wanting to say we want to be like 200 pounds, like punched, like fuck like a man. I think it's generally about just being women should feel as safe as men walking down the street. Like my husband the other night was like, oh, I might go for a walk. And it was like nine o'clock at night, like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And it's pitch black. I could never imagine that. I'd be like looking behind my back being like, who the fuck's behind me? And I think it's just like, that's what feminism means. And you just want to be seen as equal. And it's not even about like, I'm literally boiling down to like basics like men and women are, are different 100% but it's literally I want to walk down the street and feel safe the same way a man walks down the street and feels safe like I don't want to get into politics and all that because I can't <laughs> my brain cannot comprehend all of it but I, but think, I think sorry oh no on you go I think it even like it's so ingrained in women that they're not safe I remember having had um, arguments with my parents growing up because my brother was allowed to do something I wasn't allowed to do something and I just couldn't and my, my dad fully gave me the reason it's because you're a girl and I just think that's so warped like that it's given to us from such a young age but oh, then from a young age that if a boy bullies you or picks on you or pulls your hair then that means he likes you so one minute I can't trust anyone because I'm not safe but my brother can because he's a boy and he can go out but at the same time, if a boy hits me in the playground at school, I'm supposed to love that and think that he loves me. Like, and it's just, you can't win. You, my you dad win. will still pick me up from a night out. I'm 23 and he will still come through and pick me up from a night out because he's like, you just don't know who's around. You just don't know who's going to be there. And like, even now, my mum will be like, send me a photo of what you're wearing just, just to make sure. Like, they're so concerned about my safety to the point my dad gets out of his bed at two in the morning. And I'm like, fine, I'll get a taxi. Like, I don't mind. He'll get out of his bed at two in the morning to come pick me up to ensure that I'm home safely. Because he says as well, like, you just cannot trust other men. Like, not even other men. I mean, you can't trust anybody that you don't know really. But, like, I no, but you can't on mass. You can't en masse trust all the other men, and every man yeah. understands this, and we're not idiots. But there's almost like there's a different perspective if you're talking about your mates. And like, oh, what are you saying about my mates? We would never do that. A very different perspective if you hear men talking about their daughters and like how they would keep them safe. Yeah, I think that's it as well. Like you always hear like 
about like dads being like oh you're not having a boyfriend till you're like 18 or brothers being like oh you're not getting a boyfriend or I have to like scare them why why do you have to check them out why do you have to scare them is there a reason behind that there fucking is a reason behind that every every fucking person knows there's a reason behind it but some males have just got too big an ego and they have this fragile shell that they're like no I mean, to to make it clear though, in this case, we it it is not all men because we we're dealing with a psychopath, or I don't know what the correct terminology is. Something like that, but somebody with a like I'm really into horror movies, and it's basically somebody with a compulsion. But they're fascinating for research. They teach you red flags. They're great. Oh, yeah, I think mine's is just trauma based. To be honest with you. What, as in a way of processing, or? I don't know, nah, that, that's a complete lie, I've always loved horror. Mm. But it is fascinating, because, like, you'll watch, you'll watch a film, and I almost feel like, there's, like, films where I see, like, not see him, but it's, like, almost, like, the same characteristics. Mm. Like, it's a real-life boogie nun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other girls, if you haven't seen The Shining, I wouldn't watch that. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best one for I it. haven't seen any horror movies and I will keep it that way much to Hannah's <laughs> Go for it. But um No, I'll bring it up because um yeah, you're you're dealing with um somebody that has a compulsion which is not the same as um as just other members of society, right? Or that I'm, I presume that's the compulsion that you reached here is like there are normal people and then there are people like this. And I don't know how many of them there are in society as a percentage, but I do feel like we're all learning about this stuff as well. Like everyone seems to have, there's been an explosion in people learning about narcissism and such through YouTube in the last few years. Have you guys all binged this kind of content? Yeah, he's a classic narcissist. Like that's him 100%. Like he is a narcissist, a sociopath. And I like the word compulsion you use because that's, it's like a repeating pattern that he's got that he acts upon. It's like, and it just gets worse and worse. Like it, it builds, it started from a young age and it just, the repeating pattern stayed consistent, but it like escalated um, as time went on and as he got older. Yeah. When you say it's like an itch that you had to scratch, like... It's it's like he had to scratch that itch. Like it literally was, he couldn't go a certain amount of time without doing it, and it was always premeditated as well. Like I, at least I think anyway, with how he acted, it was very similar with all of us. Each experience we had it was all similar, so it's like it was all very premeditated, and it's like he eventually knew what he was going to do because he played it out before. I think there's a lot of similarities though, but there's also differences. Like, yeah, there is differences. Because I don't think, I don't know, I just don't think every single, because there's some really violent attacks with some of his, um, of the survivors in the case, but others weren't. So I, I don't know. I, fit, I don't know. I think it was premeditated, but not in the sense of like the, how like violently attacked were, but I think he knew in some sort of weird warped way how it was going to play. Like, yeah, it's the same, but it was, there's so many differences as there are similarities as mm. we've come to find just through time and like trusting each other with what happened. And I think but, that's been a hard one for a lot of us to get our heads around. So, like, 
some were in a relationship somewhere some were super violent somewhere some seemed spur of the moment some didn't like and I think that was really hard for us all to walk our heads around because like they were saying like there's so many similarities there's also a whole lot of differences and it was just starting to process that and although you were almost grateful that he wasn't that violent or that angry with you you then felt more for the others and it was just a weird time of like getting around that cycle and putting your head around that was would you say there was also a tremendous amount of luck in you actually getting this conviction in terms of you guys finding each other um like it was it was incredibly unlikely and there were these sort of moments of um, serendipity would be the right word. Where it's like, how has that even happened for you guys to actually get in contact with each other to secure this conviction? So I just think that's another detail which adds to the sort of weight of like, why would you disbelieve? And I think that's been a hard one on the internet because we've all said like, we're friends now. Like this isn't the only and we talk about 24 hours a day seven days a week like it, it's genuinely not and I think that's been hard for people to wrap their heads around the fact that we didn't know each other and we had nothing in common but all of a sudden we're banded together as a five to get this guy and I think that's the way it's been construed a lot of the time when that couldn't be further from the truth we have no reason to know each other other than this we have no similarities like, although this is what brought it together and we've noticed similarities with our personalities and stuff now, that's not what brought... No, we would it. never... Yeah, we would never know each other. The only common denominator is him. Like, we all live in different parts of Scotland. Like, we would never cross paths. Like, we wouldn't. We, we would have no reason to know each other. Yeah, you're not from the same social circle at all. And I was actually scared of Hannah R for the first, like, month that I knew her, so... I mean, it spoke to her either. Do you know what I mean? Like, we just, it just wasn't five personalities that would have been. That's a nice thing to put out there, Jen. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> it just proves the point, though, that like, we wouldn't have any, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's... And we all have different jobs as well. So, even like professionally, we wouldn't ever cross paths like in the same circles. Like, there's so, like, there's no reason. Like, but that's unfortunately what people jump on the bandwagon of is that we've come together to ruin his life. Like, and I was painted as a ringleader of like a jealous psycho ex-girlfriend who's then contacted all these girls to like ruin his life. And it's just like, why would I waste my time doing that? Like, why would I do that? Like, that's that like that's so far from the truth that it actually really hurts. Like, and I think then as well, like it happened to us, like a like. A good couple of years before it did to Hannah so like me I like moved in with my husband and we were just a, well he was my boyfriend at the time and then like I had no reason to go back in time and to have to surface all this up if it was this big fucking conspiracy and I was out to get him like I'm sorry I'm not out after my ex-boyfriend who I was 16 just for fucking payback like yeah you gain nothing from it like what would you gain from that this is that we gain absolutely nothing from going through this now yeah that that's the key point for me is that when there's this knee-jerk reaction and all i've seen these these are stock arguments now that uh women would be doing this for fame or attention it's like the absolute last thing in the world you would want fame or attention for 
uh, or money as well seems to be another one. I don't understand how you would get money. Um, we've not had a dime, just to matter. there, we've not earned a dime from doing any media, putting this public, we have gained nothing. So probably a lot of time on and doing things. That's and we even mean. said, like, quite early on, when we were getting a lot of meetings and things, we did actually say as a group, if we were to ever get offered money, we wouldn't take it. We would put it towards a charity, like rate crisis or women's aid or something. Like we gain nothing from this. Like we've said that before, like we're doing this to help the people that come after us. This isn't going to help us in any way. We've been through the justice system. It's not going to change our experience, but we hope we can change the experience of survivors that are going to come after us because we know this problem isn't going away anytime soon and i think that's been another target of the hate as well of like well why are you doing this like people not being able to wrap their heads around that well because it doesn't matter anymore but like if you're going to do anything in this world you want it to be something positive like i would rather die tomorrow and know i've tried than die tomorrow and be a troll on the internet shaming everyone that does do you know Exactly. Well, it, it's quite scary. I think it, it is scary that you guys become a lighthouse for this horrible, I'd call it's it... disgusting. It's, it's unbelievable. Have you noticed any patterns in the accounts that do this? They tend to have no profile photo. They tend <laughs> to like a crap ton of porn. They have about 13 followers. Their whole account consists of, I hate women. Women are liars. That tends to be the accounts that come after us, or it tends to be football fans. Yeah, football fans. Wow. Okay. I think there was a guy the other day. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy that was like heavily like coming after me yesterday. Um, after I tweeted like his first uh, Christmas in prison. I think he replied to my tweet maybe like eight or nine times just being like, oh, she enjoyed rape tea. This is why men rape women. And there was a guy that said he hoped that, uh, no, um, he hopes he comes after me again and rapes me again. Um, on like, one of this guy's profiles, I went on and had a look and all of his tweets were, I love grape soda minus the G minus the S. So like, it just shows you that these people... Also, can I just say his account name? I'm just going to put his account name out there because he's a piece of shit. Is <laughs> Hitler loves rape. That's his account name. He's a piece of shit. My but who are these people? Because there's so many of them out there. So many of these trolls. Like, that's actually terrifying. And because, as Hannah said, like, they don't have a profile picture... That could be someone you know. Like, you don't know who is hiding behind that account. Like, that is terrifying. It could be people you know has these mindsets and are doing this on a daily basis. Why are they doing that? Like, what do they get out of that? Why? People I just, just don't... I, it's it's like, just so bizarre. Nature, though. People just... People fear what they don't understand. And if they can't get their head around their co a concept, their immediate reaction is to dislike said concept. That still doesn't make the the number of. Oh, them I'm not excusing them at all. At all. No, I I know that, and it's great that you're like trying to wrap your head around it. But what I think 
I find so shocking and Hannah just expressed is just the scale of it. It's the amount of this and that like, is there a person behind each one of these accounts? Is it one person operating 30? Are they bots? What's even going on here? Because it is just like, is a flood from the second oh. you got online. And who are these people? Do they have wives, children? Are they teachers? Are they doctors? Are they who are these people? Like that is terrifying. And the fact you don't know, and the fact that X and these other social media platforms do nothing about it. I don't even know why they have the option to report accounts because he haw happens when you report them anyway. Mm. Like Actually, I reported that guy yesterday and his account is still there. Bearing in mind, like I said, all like the vile things that he said to me, we'll review it. And I'm like, okay, Kelsey, you can just continue hurling abuse. Like I remember it was maybe a couple months ago and um, there was a guy that like screenshotted all my tweets and tweeted them on his account and was like, she's like a piece of shit. She's, she's a man hater, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, where do you get the fucking audacity? Like, were you born with this audacity? Like, oh my God, it's the actual audacity entitlement of some people on that app. Like, it's just, and there's people that ask you to explain what happened to you as well. They're like, well, if you tell me in detail what happened to you, and then maybe I'll believe you. It's like, okay, either one, you're getting off of it, or two, the entitlement is just fucking insane. Yeah, so like I'm I'm interested in free speech broadly as like a topic and the fight for free speech and all of that. And what I've realized is that on Elon's completely free Twitter, this is kind of the thin end of the wedge of ultimate free speech. If you've got completely unfettered free speech where everyone can do whatever they want and everyone is on the same platform then this is basically what you get. You get uh, these women walking out, having got this secure conviction, celebrating it and and trying to be a voice for other women who are going, going through the same thing, just getting a barrage of abuse. This is what this, this is. And I think you guys are really like pointed case in this um, because you'd already got justice. You'd already got your conviction, but that, general ecosystem and that general attitude is there in society and I think it's just going to be having such a terrible effect on anyone who's not had justice yet it's I think it's hard as well because although x is such a negative and dangerous platform at times like we haven't got to like all the opportunities and things that we've had we've got through that so it's such a hard one because there's bit, there's pros and cons, but no one deserves to put up with the abuse that they get online for a couple of pros. This is it. It's not part of the battle of ideas or politics or left versus right or whatever. This is literally just abuse, just open abuse um, done like anonymously at obvious victims as well. It's not like you're you're sort of punching up at a celebrity or a pop star or something. It's not that at all. So. It and I just find it weird because it does get covered under free speech, which is sort of supposed to be used to defend debate. Like, this isn't debate. This has not. It's a tricky one, free speech, isn't it? Because I think they get away with it, as you're saying. Like I think there needs to be, like, it needs to be looked at, and there needs to be a fine line of, well, what counts as free speech, and what do they do when people are reporting these accounts? Like, if an account gets so many reports, what are they actually doing about it? Because it's obviously dangerous. But then that person just goes and then creates another account. So it doesn't actually stop 
Whereas like we had a few people quite early on when we first went public, there was quite a few um, men on Twitter who initially reacted quite negatively to us, but then actually engaged in conversation with us. And it was like, we'd actually helped kind of educate them a little bit. And they actually kind of thanked us for, and they kind of opened up to the fact and admitted like, they, their mindset had been different and now they understand a bit better now because they couldn't understand why we would be tweeting about it, why we would be so open about it, which I get that does scare people. Like people don't agree with that or they don't understand that themselves. But once we kind of explained to them the reasons for why we'd went public or tried to educate them on some things, they were quite open and honest and said like, like thanks, like you've helped me understand a bit better. So it's like free speech is great. And you should be allowed to voice your thoughts, opinions, and your feelings. However, people need to just stop and ask themselves, like, stop and think. Like, do these people actually, like, read back what they post? Or do they just do it and press send and don't even think twice about it? Because think like, about the person on the other end of that that you're sending My whole to. thing is, they would not come up to me in the street and say that. Yeah. These people behind these little, like, football accounts or bot accounts or whatever... I fucking dare them to try to come up and say that to me in person. Like, I dare them because they wouldn't have the balls to do it. They're protected behind these screens and they're protected behind free speech. And you know what? I feel like I'm at the point now where I'm like, say what you fucking want. Like, I actually do not care. Say what the fuck you want. I get a bit of a kick out of having an argument with them, I'm not going to lie. I actually find it quite, and now I find it entertaining because it has been relentless for months. So I'm like, cool, let's let's have a fight. Why why the fuck not? What else are you doing with your day? Let me entertain you. But like I just think like you would come up to me and say that in person. So unless you would say it with your full chest, don't say it behind a Twitter screen or an X screen or whatever. But you're protected. And then I report I can report you, I can block you, whatever, but you're just gonna come back. So unless you're gonna be baldy and say it to my face, don't fucking say it at all. There's no society, no culture that's ever existed on earth that would look up to men doing this. Like, I mean, whatever your views on patriarchy or feminism, I don't think anyone would look at a man like, okay, he's going to go on his computer and then he's going to abuse these women that are trying to be advocates. He's going to do it anonymously. He's going to do it over and over and over. Like, no one, nobody in history would be proud if their son turned out like this. And that, and the thing is, if that's happening on a broad scale, which I do worry about younger generations and all that, I worry about what the learning on TikTok and all that. Um, it's just a damning indictment for men. Men shouldn't be acting like this at all. It's embarrassing. You no, know I would love to do. I'd love to get all like the accounts that send me here. I would love to send them to their families like to find their families and send it to them and be like this is what your brother sister mum dad son daughter whatever this is the shit they're posting online like if you can't employers if you can't show something to like people that you love that you'd be proud of you shouldn't be fucking saying it at all because like anything i say my family can see my friends can see so if I, I I wouldn't be posting something that I wouldn't be proud to show them. So unless you can go to your mum and not be disgusted, like have her disgusted, you shouldn't be fucking saying it. I think that's the scary thing about younger generations, though, is they find this quite funny. Mm. Yeah. Like they find hurling abuse at people online quite funny. So I can only imagine the amount of 15-year-old boys group chats we've been in. Oh, look at what I've just said to this girl, mate. Like, and that's terrifying. 
like and I think free speech is fine when it's warranted and when it's safe to do so in a way like I don't think maybe x is the place because then that's not free speech that's just you want to be a bully do you know I think there's a line between free speech and just utter hate I think you know where it's right and I've seen it on this girl's video it was on TikTok and she was um just posting about like what happened to her through domestic abuse and it was a bunch of I'm gonna say 13 14 max because I don't think they'd have the brain capacity to hit puberty with the things that they were posting. Um, they were saying things like womp womp. And I'm just like, there's this girl that's like, come on, and said about her domestic abuse. And there's these little 13, 14 year old boys finding it hilarious, being like, wow, you're posting your sob story. Wow, you're such a victim. And it's like, you be the fucking victim then and see how you like it and see how you like people reacting to it the way that you're reacting to it imagine you'd been through that abuse and you're brave enough to post about it and then you've got all these little fucking idiots in your comments being like oh you're such a victim well you know what i am a victim and maybe sometimes i want to act like a victim i'm entitled to this is it i'm seeing a lot of stories like this about gen z about sort of 13 14 15 year old boys i i've watched a lot of content about tate and the influence of tate and heard these calls from girls um, who are in school at the moment uh, who are having a really traumatic time having this um, repeated by kids and I consider it grooming I'll, I'll be honest the guy's a pimp the guy's the guy's a rotten pimp um, and his the main bulk of his audience seems to be like pre-teen boys I think that that's grooming and it is what it is it's, it's terrifying, not- like the misogynistic attitudes that he's influencing onto these young mindsets. It's it is terrifying. Mm. You know what's scarier is the amount of young boys that dick ride in and are just like, yeah, I'm all for that, and like follow his, like almost like following like a cult, like a general like a little cult that he's managed to build, and just seeing that behavior actually play out in society, like it's not online anymore. It's actually in society. You're seeing this playing out, and you're just seeing kids displaying this behavior like it's actually fucking terrifying yeah see what there's all this free speech discussion about should he be banned or not and i think look at the crimes he's accused of yes um but what's neglected from the whole conversation is how young these kids are they're actually watching him his audience is not men like i think if you're a well-adjusted man my kind of age you uh, apart from the seriousness of it all you should laugh at that kind of character. He looks gay to me, to be honest, like just prancing around like that. Um, but it does seem like children, young boys, take it like seriously, because I guess it's everything they want in some sort of action man caricature. Um, so, yeah, that's another element of free speech is like if you've got ultimate free speech, you know, Mahara DVD collection there, it's got 18 on every certificate. Twitter, the age limit is 13, I think. And I don't think anyone really cares about that. As soon as you've got a phone, you you can access all of it. And I, and I think that stuff's wildly inappropriate for adults, to be honest. I don't think adults should be watching that. So that's Not what... Not only that, though, but that age limit to me is insane because there's porn accounts all over Twitter. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. And, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I also think that warps a lot of young boys' minds as well. Mm. having unlimited access to porn and there's quite violent porn on twitter as well there's a lot of bdsm like violent porn 
and is that just going to like tap into their sexual like because when young boys are just quite sexual anyway part of like they're growing up I suppose but like is that just going to like add into that misogyny like add into that entitlement I don't know but that that age limit needs to be raised because if you need to be 18 to watch a horror but you are 13 and have limits to like understate an unlimited form that is I think as well, a lot of the hate we've experienced, just going back a wee bit, has been because we're not acting like a victim. Like, I don't get this whole victim idea that, so when we tweet about it and we're like sad or reminiscent or whatever, then we got told to snap out of it because you're acting like a victim. But when you post something positive or uplifting or to reclaim part of your power, then you can't possibly be a victim. So you can't win, you can't be positive and try and turn that into a positive because then it can't have happened to you because you're too positive. But if you act like a victim and you're down and upset about it, then you're just looking for attention. Like there is no happy middle ground and I don't get where this whole perfect victim idea comes in because it doesn't exist. Everyone yeah, what, yeah, what does it look like? Do you know what I mean? I don't know how mm. these people feel they can comment on that because how do you how can you comment on so, how someone should think or feel or dress or behave like i think that comes down to the person the individual like not every like no two survivors are the same um and jen always says a really good thing um about people relating to the survivors i don't know if you want to say it jen about well, like well, that you want to relate to all of us but you'll relate to at least one of us and i think that just shows like although we've been through very similar experiences, the way it feels for us or the way we process it, the way it looks is different because no two people are the same. So I feel like people having this idea of what a victim looks like or behaves like, I, we don't know what that is. Can someone tell us? Because we're constantly- I was going to add on to that bit in regards to the kids because I remember way back at the start and it was one boy and he could only be in about 14 and he was just driving me insane and I argued with him for about 24 hours straight, I think. Um, I can't even remember his name, but he, he just went on and on and on. And I, when I looked at his profile, he's, he just can't be older than maybe 14, 15 just with the stuff he was sharing. And I just thought, do you know what? That's scary. Like, it's scary that they've got this compartmentalised idea of what everyone should look like. If they've got this condition or if this has happened to them or whatever, that's the only reason I've spun back down to that there. Isn't that like, you shouldn't, if you're a victim, like you should never speak up things like that are taboo and it shouldn't be spoken about. And why would you want to publicise that you were raped or abused? Like, that's something that should be kept private. And it's just this idea that it shouldn't be spoken about and if you're comfortable to speak about it then you can't be that traumatized by it and i think that's what it goes back to is just the the, the stigma that surrounds rape the stigma that's always surrounded abuse and, and rape is that you don't speak out because there's such a shame to it well i had a comment actually passed on me last night someone came up to me and said would well, you know you look really good for what you've been through Oh, ex exactly. It all adds because that's is that even supposed to be like a nice? Are they trying to be nice with that? Who even knows? But it's all adding to an a, a, just an unsupportive ecosystem. When I think as society, we should pretty much have the opposite in place. We should we should have a society where women are not scared of going through this process. Because you were all three of you like terrified until until it was dealt with. 
like yeah, it's, it's not nice was, to go through this. I was living on like I'm not sure if terrified is the right word for me anyway, but I think it was living consistently, like not knowing whether you were coming or going. It was consistently not knowing what was going to happen, when it was going to happen. You're living in limbo, and you have no idea when the penny's going to drop and you're going to get the call that you're going to court. So I yeah. think it's just living in no man's land for me that was really difficult to deal with. And also, I also lived 10 minutes from that boy. I had a newborn when he was out on bail. And so for me, that was, I don't want to say it was terrifying, but it was in a sense, like, what if I bump into this boy and what if he tries to harm my child? That was just my rational thinking. I was like, what if he tried, uh, rational, irrational thinking. No, but like, it is rational. I, I, th I think you're, 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 you're being very brave and saying, and I don't think it matters whether you felt terrified or not, but mm -hmm. I already knew that situation because I've watched interviews that he lived really near to you. Yeah, he did. And that was, it was scary in the sense that I remember it was maybe, maybe about a year ago now. Um, so I live on a street where it's, it's a dead end, like there's nowhere to go. And so one night I was driving back home and it was about 10 o'clock at night and I seen him walk up my street and he has no reason to be walking up my street. There's absolutely no need for him to be here. Um, and I remember I phoned Jen, no, I sent Jen a voice note and I was literally inconsolable. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I just stay on the phone with you until... I, yeah, I phoned my mum and dad because luckily my mum and dad are two minutes away and they came back with me and literally like, went round and round like my little cul-de-sac area for about an hour and it's always that moment where I don't think I, I was scared of him but then in moments like that when I seen him I was like holy shit like um, what if he does that again and it's not that I'm scared of him himself I'm scared of the actions that he can do and like the hurt he can cause. It, exactly because this is a separate type of crime and category to that petty crime or whatever, something done uh, as a means to an end or whatever. Um, this is different. I think you have every right to feel really like in danger, no matter how brave you want to be. And that's why I say like, you should, we should be prioritizing resources to make people that are going through this um, feel protected. And at the moment, what I see is, is yeah, nobody acting like a perfect victim. I think we've already proven that if you come out publicly and celebrate it and post selfies, then you're not acting like a perfect victim. Or if you stay anonymous, uh, like Andrew Tate or Russell Brand, then, ah, well, why haven't they come forward publicly? So it's just an excuse that's... You can't win, yeah. Oh, can't I can post a selfie and I will get about four or five guys coming and being like, you're showing a bit of... Like you're that traumatized so you wouldn't be showing that so it's obviously clear you're not that traumatized I actually had a woman that commented that as well um there was a photo I posted in a long maxi dress like the dress was to the floor and I saw comments being like oh well, there's a bit of cleavage there and um, there's one guy zoomed in and screenshotted it oh yeah some guy screenshotted in on the bit of cleavage that was shown and rated and said like a out of 10 rack or something and I'm just like what the fuck like I, I, just I just don't care what I post I'm like see what you fucking come on then on when we did the BBC one that went on their Instagram did um something with them and the comments were oh I would rate that one but not that one and mm, they're all they're all this they're all that and mm, would smash that one not that one and you know 
<laughs> and there was one where the the this guy literally rated us all of how many beers, how how many alcoholic drinks it would take for him to rape us. Yeah. Like how? <laughs> why do you think that that's okay to post? Like that's really deranged, and it makes me terrified to think who's at home with you. Are you a dad? Are you a husband to someone? Do you go to bed at night and sleep beside someone? Like that is terrifying. This is what is your mindset? Yeah, actually picture, you know, some somebody took the time to do that. Where were they at the time? Were they on the sofa with the foot? Their wife, yeah. Yeah. Like that's, oh, I have just... a perfect image of these people. And my image of these people is that they have got quite big beer bellies. They've got a t-shirt that maybe comes halfway down with their little hairy belly button poking out and they've got crumbs sitting in their beard and they're in the mum's basement barefoot with like tea bag stain t-shirt that is my vision of those people or completely opposite end 13 year old sitting on the bus with their friends and their little and their little like football strips being like ha 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 with their tiny wee squig arms that's kind of the vibe i get from do you think it's a coalition between sort of pre-teens that have been got at by tate and like sad act middle-aged men who have (laughs) into the football (laughs) We have yeah. had hate from like people sort of like our age and slightly older. I think that's been relatively low. I think it either has been mm-hmm. the two ends of the spectrum, which is like a positive in a way because you know reaffirms our dating lives. You know <laughs> there is decent people out there, and um, but on the other hand, it's still scary that these people that are on the older end of the spectrum haven't shifted their minds. And the ones on the younger end have still got a lot of growing to do. Like it just baffles me. Yeah, I think there was actually there was one woman that we got into. I think all of us actually got into a bit of an argument with her. Um, and that was that was a woman that was coming at us, calling us like liars and like falsely accused. And I think she actually threatened us to say, "I help men that have been falsely imprisoned. Like, don't push me." But then you scroll down her page and she should quote Jimmy Savile, so... Yeah, so, I mean, she wasn't very... She wasn't a credible source, and she also threatened us to stop tweeting about a certain situation um, and that she would get her lawyer involved if we didn't stop the hate, even though she was the one that started attacking us. I think it's funny at this point, and it's really not funny when you look at the severity of it, but see, when you've had it so much... For six months. Oh, you know what? I actually, I, I actually enjoy it now. Like it sounds terrible, but you just have to make the most out of the situation. And I'm just like, see what? Fuck it. Let's have let's have a fun time and see arguing with them and just seeing them sweat trying to get you to just crumble. It is hilarious because they try so hard. It's the ones that you screenshot their profile and you then tweet it, and then they've got nothing to say to come back from it, but they're in your DMs asking you to delete it. Yeah, oh my god, I forgot the guy that DMs me. There was a guy that DMs me saying I shouldn't be happy. His life is gonna be so hard in jail. Um (laughs) and I should really like I should really think about how his life is gonna be in jail. So I tweeted it and I was like, apparently I need to care now. And then he DM'd me being like, Delete that. I didn't give you permission. Please take it down. Like, oh, so now you wanna be concerned about consent. Okay. Mm, exactly. It's like medicine. Just, I feel for me, like at the beginning, 
I wasn't prepared for us to receive hate. Like, I don't know what I expected, but I did not expect that. And it was a lot and it was relentless. And I remember I was just constantly going and defending Hannah R or I was getting abused and it was just a lot. And then I've just, I just don't engage now with it. Like, I, I just realised that that's just causing me unneeded stress in my life. Like, I don't need to, like, I know my worth and I know that their low life's pathetic and they wouldn't say it to my face. So I'm actually not wasting my time and energy entertaining that because that's actually giving them the reaction that they wanted so I just I just don't engage anymore but that's just my personal choice because you go, you I go one or two ways it's yeah. weird. I I have ultimate respect for both of you, um, both for Hannah's in their positions. Hannah saying like, "No, I'm not engaging with any of this. This is beneath me. This is pond life. I've got better things to do with my time." Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent respect that. And then at the same time, I enjoy winding up these people as well, so I can understand. It'll depend what mood I'm in as <laughs> well. I'm a wind up. I'm a wind up. Hannah M's position and be like oh I'm not even listening like I can't be bothered and sometimes I'm like Hannah R and I'm like okay who's looking for it mm. who's in the middle oh, of an argument well I can't can't actually help myself I'm like you've just invited yourself into this so buckle up well because you know you're in the right and um exactly I'm like I've got nothing to hide I've got absolutely nothing that you can actually come at me for whereas you're inviting yourself onto your page and onto my page You've then made yourself vulnerable for me to come at you because you're coming at me. So let's go for it. But at the same time, it's a bottomless pit. So there's no end. If you decide, oh, yeah. To yourself, yeah. I get a kick out of it. And then they, they tend to give up pretty quickly. I think because, like, I think our tweets sometimes can generate quite a bit of attention. They maybe think that, they're, that you're not going to see it. And then you do and you respond. And then they're just like, then they have nothing to say and they're mute. I mean, I hope it has some effect and gives people pause. Um, I, I'm glad to learn that millennials seem to be the, the the least bad offenders in this regard. That's at least something positive that I've learned today. Um, but I th we've all agreed there's a, there's a problem with the with young boys who are not men yet, and they need to be told, "Hey, this is not how men act." Sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, that that's that's over now actually that's flown by that was really fun to talk to you guys i've been wanting to do it for ages and um and if you do get any like updates in um in in your work going forward um fighting for change with all of this then do hit me up again so that we can uh, let people know what you've been up to thank you thank you